0: Uh, I'm Dr. Bungu. I come from Zimbabwe, but I did most of my education here in the United States, uh, where I went to Bible College in Cincinnati, and then I went for my bachelor's degree at um, uh, Ohio University in, in Athens, Ohio. Then I went for a master's degree at Moorhead State University here in Kentucky. And then I went for a PhD at Purdue University, and then went to the Dominican Republic where I got my MD. And I've been the director of our hospital in Zimbabwe for the past 33 years. Now, I'm going to speak today uh, for two people. Our director of evangelism was supposed to come and also speak uh, during the same time. But unfortunately, he wasn't given a visa to come. So I have to speak uh, for two people. Uh, Okay. These are the abbreviations we are going to use in this uh, talk. And you can see them. HIV... Uh, AIDS, people living with uh, uh, HIV, Minister of Health and Child Care. This is in Zimbabwe. NAC, which is National AIDS Council, and PMTCT, Prevention of Mother to Child Transmission, and ART. Uh, Now, I'm going to give you a short history of HIV and AIDS in Zimbabwe. 1985 was when we had our first case of uh, HIV, of AIDS, Uh, I remember I was at Harare Central Hospital and we were all called to this uh, ward to see that one patient because we had not seen a patient with AIDS. But it turned out to be tip of the iceberg because by 1988 there were hundreds of thousands with HIV and AIDS. By 1990 the estimated prevalence of HIV in Zimbabwe was around 30%. 1990 to 2000 deaths went up and number of AIDS orphans increased sharply. But uh, efforts to control this were not immediate. And these are some of the reasons why those efforts were not immediate. People in Zimbabwe thought AIDS was American idea of discouraging sex. So they just thought, they are, people were saying, you have AIDS, you have HIV, you have AIDS, because they just wanted to discourage AIDS, uh, sex. And churches thought this was punishment for promiscuity by God. So they didn't care, they didn't go in. They said, you have to come to church uh, so that this goes away. So church, churches did not intervene straight away too. The general population started diagnosing with the eye. So if there was a skinny woman, then they would say, ah, we think this one has HIV. If it was somebody plump, then they would say, this one doesn't have HIV. <coughs> and bewitchment, requiring traditional healing. If you went to traditional healers, they would tell you that, ah, no, you have this, and you have to go and sleep, with a virgin, or with a child, so that this goes away. And all these things took years to go away. But it didn't do so for us at Mashoko. First, I would want to go through the history of uh, HIV and AIDS in Zimbabwe. And with this, I want to thank the Minister of Health and Child Care of Zimbabwe and the National AIDS Council of Zimbabwe, for the statistics that I'm going to use. The population of Zimbabwe in in 2017 was estimated to be 16,150,362. The population was 13.5 million in 2012. Total number of people living with HIV and AIDS in 2017, just two years ago, was estimated to be 1.3 million. Of these 1.3 million, 1.25 were adults and 76,600 were those below 15 years of age. Estimated prevalence in 2017 stood like this. <clears throat> HIV prevalence in adults, 15 to 14 years, was 30, 13.33. HIV prevalence in ages 15 to 24 were 4.69. And in ages uh, 15... I repeated something. Oh, in males. Okay, in males only, it was um, 3.27. And in females of 15 to 24 years, it was 6.1. And HIV prevalence in children in 2017... Children 0 to 14 years was 1.25. Estimated number of people living with HIV and AIDS in 2017. HIV population adults and children 1.325, 823. HIV population adults 15 and above were 1.2 million. HIV population 10 to 19 years 74000 and uh, HIV population 15 to 49 1.014 million uh, HIV pregnant HIV positive pregnant women were about uh, 15000 and the HIV population 0 to 14 77000 New HIV infections in Zimbabwe in 2016 and 2017 stood as follows. For total new HIV infections in 2016, we had 46,000. In 2017, 40. So it was going down. Same thing with new infections in adults, uh, 15 and over. In 2016, it was 42,000. And in 2017, 37,000. And the new infections in children in 2016, 5,000. In 2017, 4,000. AIDS deaths in Zimbabwe, 2014 to 2017 stood like that. What we can notice there is that the deaths were going down. Because in 2014, we had Uh, annual age deaths of 27,000 in 2017, 22,000. And annual age deaths, 15 and above, we had 24,000 in 2014, and it went down to 20,000. And we would go down like that. Now we go to the time that people started getting at um, people on art. 2014, we had 95 percent. Uh, no, no, we had 61 percent uh, adults and 62, 63 uh, percent of children on. Uh, antiretrovirals. And in 2017, it went up to 84% and 91% f- for children, 91%. <coughs> this is how we, treat, we uh, treat people in Zimbabwe, those who have HIV and AIDS. You, as you can see, availability of antiretrovirals is narrow as compared to places like the United States. Because in poor countries you cannot manage to have enough of everything. So you buy in bulk a few. So we are led and directed by the WHO, World Health Organization which will suggest to countries that these are the best drugs you can order, but not the full range. So if you see there, you will see that there is limited, there, are limited, there is a limited number of antiretrovirals. And uh, for adult men, adolescent boys, and women are not of child-bearing prote- potential, We have uh, tenofovir, lamivudine, and deloiter gravia as the main or primary treatment course, and those are the other ones that we can choose from. For women of of, uh, childbearing potential who have no effective contraception, including pregnant women in the first trimester, we take out the uh, DTG and put efavirenz. If I'm going to first, please stop me because you may want to take this. And second line, at for adults. If the failing first line regime is uh, two NRTIs and DTG, then the preferred second line will be two NRTIs plus ATV. Uh, ATVR. And for if the failing line uh, was the one with a favorant or novirapin, then we add DTG. Thus, these are the ones we use in Zimbabwe. But I'm not saying these are the best ones you should use. Okay. Third line. The preferred third line re- regime, regimes include those medicines. We mix those medicines in the third line, and at our institution, which I'm going to talk about, we do not have many on the third line. Okay. That's what we give for children. We won't have to talk much about that. And for neonates, that's what we give. Now, I want to take you to our institution, which is called Mashoko Christian Hospital, in the south southeastern part of Zimbabwe. This is what we have. This is what we had last year. We had total patients tested for HIV were 3,093. Total number who tested positive were 141 for a percentage, positivity percentage of 3.1%. This is a selected uh, picture because these are people who have come to our hospital. I'm not saying in our community is 3.1. Total patients on first line art, we had 1,084. And total patients on second line art, we had 65. We did not have people on third line. I want to repeat those myths because our ministry, Mashoko Christian Hospital, started in 19. 19- in 1988 to to try and find a way to help people who had HIV. And I'm going to repeat them. The first one was that this was really a political thing, political warfare. An American idea of discouraging sex, that was AIDS. So people did not care. This is for America. And churches, this was punishment from God. So You have to come to church if you want to get rid of your disease. And the general population diagnosing with the eye. And bewitchment. That somebody bewitched you. And the treatment is for you to go and have sex with a virgin or with a child. Then you'll be healed. (laughs) These things delayed Preventive efforts of churches, of the of uh, communities, and other groups. Mashoko's response to the HIV/AIDS epidemic was like this. Mashoko Christian Hospital is a parachurch organisation within the Churches of Christ and Christian Churches. It was started in 1958. I want to give a broad definition of a parachurch organization. A parachurch organization a Chris, is a Christian organization which has a mission based on social values of a certain church group but carrying its mission independent of the church oversight. Because I was afraid that you would say, so your church was not doing this. Yeah, they were not. But our organization, Mashoko Christian Hospital entered into this fray early. So this definition is important in that it tells us why and how Mashoko Christian Hospital was able to start its HIV and AIDS activities before the Churches of Christ and Christian churches started preaching it from the pulpit. Mashoko Christian Hospital uses medical medical care as a method of evangelism to bring patients and communities to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The founder of the hospital, Dr. Dennis Pruitt, wrote in 1961, the words we depend on, the words which are in our heart about medical evangelism. He said, medical evangelism is the best way in the world to put Christian ideals into action. Because you see with your eyes, and touch with your hands, and feel with your heart the love Christ had for people when he helped them. This is made more wonderful when you see the appreciation from a people who now understand that the love that God had for all people is manifested in his servants. We created in 1988 an AIDS home-based care team. And this team is composed of a preacher, a nurse who goes for medical care, a counselor for psychological support, and a driver. This is what we created to go out and visit people with HIV and try to help them. The AIDS Home based Care team takes with them the following things when they go for a visit. They take replenishment of art and retroviral therapy and other medicines to those patients out there. In the community. They take hygiene items like soap, toothpaste, face towel, and toothbrush to those clients. And they also take at times foodstuffs like beans, at times clothes and blankets depending on availability. And they take teaching materials about AIDS for the patient, the community, and the the family of the patient. The hospital then, after seeing with their eyes, and touching with their hands, and feeling with their hearts, people with HIV and AIDS, started a home-based care program in 1988. The program is like this one. The AIDS home based care team will form personal relationships with the client and her, his family members. The clients are referred to the AIDS home based care team by the medical staff, but priority is given to those patients in the terminal WHO stages. So when a patient is being treated in the hospital, this team goes to visit with that patient in the hospital and create good rapport with that patient and their uh, family. Number two, the team takes down physical addresses of the client. Take village name, nearest school, nearest cattle dipping tank, uh, the chief, the district, which is county in America, and phone numbers of those people you take that number 3 a caretaker is picked up from the family and is trained in care giving so you take one of the children or of the relatives and teach them how they should care for this person at home number 4 When client is clinically better and caretaker has mastered their expected responsibilities, the AIDS home-based care team takes them to their home by car. They will deliver them to their home and see where they live so that they will come next time. Number five, they give the client a schedule of proposed visits. Number six, They ask them to invite their family and neighbors to be present at the next visit. The AIDS home-based care team takes with them the following. As I said earlier, replenishments of art and other medicines, the hygiene items like soap, foodstuffs, and other things listed there. After several visits to this person's home and creation of greater rapport than in the hospital, if the client has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, she, he is baptized. If there are no pools of water in that area, we take a portable baptistry with us. Many times Many family members and neighbors become Christians around this one person we have come to follow in that village. If there is a local church, an already established church in that area, we inform that church about the client, of course, with their agreement, and other new Christians in that area, so that they put these people, these new Christians, on their calling routine. If there is no church in the area, one is started in that village. So our AIDS home-based care program results in church planting. For those who are in church planting in their ministries, This could be, if you are hospital-based, this could be one of the ways that you can do church planting. Here are the results of the Mashoko Christian Hospital AIDS Home-Based Care Program. Clients are supplied their medicines at home. So our clients don't have to come every two months or every three months to get their supplies. They are supplied at home. Clients are reviewed, the spelling of reviewed is not correct there, medically at home because a member of the team is a nurse or medical person. And the client or clients get continued counseling at home. The family gets to accept the illness of one of their own. Family members agree to be tested for HIV because they come to counseling sessions. We have this preaching, we have counseling sessions. They also say, we would like to be tested. But the number one thing is that if we are tested and we are put on this program, these people will come to our village to supply us with these things. The community is educated about HIV and AIDS, especially prevention of HIV, and if you have it, the ART program, and retroviral therapy program. The family appreciates quality of health uh, in the index person in their relative who is on this program. HIV and AIDS is destigmatized. Those myths disappear because of our program. Family and community assist each other in care of their loved ones instead of shunning them. They now participate in the care of of their relatives. Family and community appreciate the fact that God has compassion over sick people. They see us with a preacher coming, a counselor coming, a nurse coming, as a way of showing compassion to them and their village. And they love that and they appreciate that. Family and community realize that even Jesus Christ made healing, healing the sick, one of the main pillars of his ministry. And when we go, that's what we are reflecting. People accept the ministry of Mashoko Christian Hospital. We can go into a village and people rush to us and say, What have you brought us today? Instead of saying, who is coming? uh, What do they want here? We are accepted. And churches, new churches are planted. These are the results of uh, our AIDS home based care ministry. (coughs) This is the end. I want to thank you in English. Tatenda. In Shona, which is my language, Siavonga, in Debele, Gracias, in Spanish, and Asande Sana, in Swahili. Okay, let's now discuss. I would also want to learn from you, if you have programs like this, so that we go and correct ours and make it more effective. Yes, please. I have a question. Um, Have you received any pushback from traditional healers in the village that you've entered into? Not really pushback. But you just see that uh, there's competition. Mm -hmm. For example, if we have someone that becomes resistant to to art, the uh, traditional healers would then come and say, you see, we told you. This person did not have AIDS. It's something else. That kind. But not where they really uh, have the community against us. No. Do you have these programs in your area? Let's hear from you. Uh, We would like to improve on ours. We don't have. okay. But this is what we thought we, should, we will bring to you because it has been useful to us. As a ministry, as Christians, we have been able to plant churches around people who are ill. There are many people who, if you go to churches here and speak and say, I'm going to be a nurse at this hospital and... Uh, please support me. They'll say, supporting a hospital? No, no, no. But if they know that these are the results of your hospital's ministry, then they'll be happy to support that. And I'm very happy that Southeast saw that. And they've been supporting us since uh, 1999. Yes. You seem to have a
1: question, do you? Yes. I was uh, going to ask this My question, I guess, is about next steps. And the reason I'm asking is because um, I I work at a university, and they've developed a program in Kenya that um, is a secular program, but it's enjoyed enormous funding, Mm -hmm. tens of millions of dollars. uh, Because it turns out that they started the program just about the same time the Gates Foundation always... um, Secular donors were ready to give away lots of money, Mm -hmm. Uh, so they were in the right place at the right time, but the money is drying up, and uh, they're seeing that AIDS um, is disappearing, and you see lots of chronic HIV infections still, but Mm -hmm. even that is diminishing as the control measures work. So Mm -hmm. they are facing uh, situations where say, well, we've developed this enormous community health network now. What will be the next step for that network? How will it be used in the future? Mm-hmm. As you know, I, I go usually to the Christian hospitals in Kenya, mm-hmm. um, and I can see that there's a need for these hospitals that also have uh, AIDS outreach uh, in their in their rural health center to to develop ways to follow on and to continue using this model to
0: share the gospel with uh, Yes. Yes, that's very good. Uh, sustainability of programs. Um, and ours, our situation is even worse because we are a grand-aided institution. We are grand-aided by the government of Zimbabwe. But, but then, Because of that status, we cannot charge patients who come for treatment. So we have no way of raising funds uh, for us to say we are doing this much work, we have enough money to continue with this. But the good thing is that if through our AIDS home-based care we sensitize the community, to take care of each other, then at least, it's not big, it's not a big step, but at least if funds fail us to get Diesel to visit them, we know that they are caring for each other. One of the things that we have done is that if for some reason we are not able and we try not to, we are not able to keep to our schedule, we have people in the community, well people, healthy people, who would come to collect the medicines for these index people. So that's the sort of sustainability part that will come. Uh, and also the churches around, the one we have started or the ones we' are already there, will come in and come and collect medicines for these people. So I agree with what you have said. On a major schedule, on a major level, w- sustainability is failing as the AIDS numbers are going down because funds are being directed, redirected somewhere else. That, those are the ideas that uh, I wanted so that when we go back, we sit down and say, this is what they are facing in Kenya, and we are sort of facing it here. What is next?
1: For the village?
0: We do that too. We do that as part of our outreach. The nurse, this, these three, four people, of course, the, the other one is a driver. When we get to the village, you'll be sitting there in the car. But the, the, uh, the preacher, the nurse, and the counselor deal with that. The nurse has to give education about uh, prevention of diseases, about prevention of malaria, prevention of HIV and AIDS, prevention of uh, schistosomiasis, and so forth. So it's not just to come and talk about HIV now. It's about everything. And clean water. And the best foods, kinds of foods to take. So it's broader. Our approach when we get this broader. Yes, please. How many Our hospital is a 200-bed hospital, and it's in the bush. It's in the rural areas. It's three hours away from the nearest city, Uh, and we have five doctors. And these five doctors are not specialists as such. We are generalist in the widest sense. Uh, I say so because I do almost everything except, except for maybe neurosurgery and, uh, and uh, heart surgery. But if it is, if it is prostatectomy, myomectomy, uh, mastectomies, uh, removal of uh, cancers in the abdomen, uh, urology, we do all those things. So there are five of us. Then there are 70 nurses. And we have 72 nursing students in, who do three years. So they are part of the, uh, the work there. Then uh, we have two preachers, and we have nurse aides, general hands, drivers, and so forth. Yeah. Or is the, most of the, what
1: percentage of the staff is um, Zimbabwean?
0: Everyone. Everyone. Okay. <laughs> Everyone is Zimbabwean. Uh, we had missionary workers there until 19, uh, 1992 then after that, it's just, uh, it's just us. So how do you recruit um, and retain national Zimbabwean nurses and other uh, personnel when they have better, potentially better opportunities in a big city? With nurses, it's not as difficult uh-huh. because nurses are trained by the government. Even though we have a nursing school there, These nursing students are paid money monthly by the government. And a big allowance, almost like the salary of a starting nurse. But the catch is that after you graduate, you have to work where the government puts you for three years before you are given your diploma. You are just given a practicing certificate. But not your diploma. So you can't go to the States. You can't go anywhere to say I'm a nurse. So for nurses, it's not such a problem. For doctors now, you don't have that. They don't want to come. So what we have developed at our place is to give them incentives. The house, the smallest house will be a three-bedroom or four-bedroom house, which is partially furnished, and they don't pay rent. They don't pay water, but they pay electricity. Then we also give them cash in U.S. dollars per month. That way, if they are young doctors who have just come from school, they feel "Ah, this this is enough money than to go and start a practice, a, a, a private office, or to go and work for someone in town. That way they stay. Uh, but a lot of them will only stay for a limited time. Uh, At the most, five years. Most of them leave at two years. Then, number three, without uh, praising myself, uh, they have come to work with or under someone who has a lot of experience, and as I told you, no, I didn't say so, but our doctors, when they leave medical school, I, they just know how to do caesarean sections and incision and drainage. All these are the things I told you about. They've seen, they've been assistants, but they've never operated on these people. So when they stay with me, after a year or two, they are as proficient and they are better doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, please. I apologize if you said this and I missed it, but how is the um, art
0: supplied? Is there how is it funded? And then by, by the, the global fund. fund. Okay. Tell me what that is. Okay. There is <coughs> they are a group of donors They're like uh, who have come together and put money into this pool that is used to finance the, uh, to finance AIDS activities throughout the world, especially in the poorer countries. Uh, like the President's Fund from the United States and Bill Gates Foundation and so forth, they put money together. Then they buy the unretrovirals and give them to these countries. But as I said earlier, they only buy a limited number of them instead of us saying, ah, this patient here should take this and that, we almost have to give each patient the same, the same thing. But they are given free to, to the patients.
1: And who does medical follow-up as far as you know, these
0: people are at risk for so much pathology the rest of their lives? So are they... It's It's, us, it's part of this program. That's why we send the nurse. And our nurse does not just attend to the index person, but to all people in the community that have other diseases. Some of the people we operate on uh, at Mashoko have been identified by this nurse or by these people who go on this program. For example, one time there was one lady who had a lipoma. And lipomas in Zimbabwe, because people think that they've been bewitched, can grow to be very big. She was putting it on the side here and carrying it like she's carrying a watermelon. And we took out a 12-pound lipoma. But this person was identified by these people who go to the communities. Yes, please. Not other countries, but we have spoken about, about our program in Zimbabwe in meetings, and it has been taken by other uh, organizations. The government also duplicated this for a few years from about 19. 19- Uh, 1988, 89, but then it gave over because of lack of funds to non governmental organizations. So we have several non governmental organizations that are involved in this in the country. Yes, I thought you had a question. Oh, sorry. All right. I want to thank you for coming. Uh, It was a short presentation. but I hope it will help you where you come from. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.